This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditch the norm to live their best life and become location independent. It's official, it's the holiday season, and that means lots of traveling. So this December, I'm really excited to share that I will be giving away a $250 Delta gift card. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to enter for a chance to win. My guest today is the very talented Megan Morrison, who is the creator of Travel Right Draw. Megan knew she wanted to be a fashion illustrator, but also wanted to incorporate her other interests and passion in travel and writing to her art. She discovered that there was really no jobs that fit this niche, so she did what many thought to be impossible. She forged her own path by creating her blog, Travel Right Draw, which combined all of her passions. Today, Megan has successfully created a new niche in the industry that has allowed her to travel travel, write and create fashion illustrations for magazines, hotels, and personal collections all over the world. I was lucky enough to have met Megan and interview her in her gorgeous apartment in Brooklyn, and I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I do. Hey everyone, I'm here with Megan, and she is so kind enough to have me in her incredible place, and I get to see all of your work Mm -hmm. in person, so I'm so excited. So Megan, can you fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life? I think most people know by now that I'm from Canada. I grew up north of the city was always into fine art when I was little and through high school. Never really knew how to marry my love of fashion and art together when I was younger. I went to business school first after high school. For college, I did business. um, And then when I got out of that, I was just itching to get back to art and fashion and kind of find my place in this industry. So I launched my career in Toronto. I was interning at our like big fashion publication there in the editorial department and styling, like helping stylists on the shoots and steaming samples and calling New York to like, you know, get in gowns and stuff. So it was very cool, but I just couldn't really see myself in any of the departments because there was just like no hand painting going on whatsoever. So it took me a minute with a lot of different jobs within two years to kind of find the niche of fashion illustration and then once in a conversation with a coworker who happened to do publishing on the side and she su- suggested you know why don't you look into fashion illustration and um, I found you know a two-year associates at FIT that offered that program applied saved for a year for my tuition got in and moved here in 2009 and um, have been building ever since I think a lot of people, you know, I I came here, I had one year here as a student without the blog, and then I launched it in the start of, like, September 2010. So a lot of people who obviously know me now have kind of, like, followed from that stage on or have picked up over the last, like, few years. But, yeah, Travel Right Draw was born out of this, like, love of wanting to kind of live out my passions for the rest of my life and um it's taken me on a very wild 
ride ever since. And I, I guess that's, that's how I live the offbeat life is living this, you know, it's, it's not a uniform cut and paste type of position. There's no job description for the traveling illustrator, you know, on Wikipedia or whatever. It just doesn't exist. I I had to create it. So, and I'm, I'm continuing to create and refine it as I go. Yeah. And I think what also kind of leads to an offbeat life is just that no two days are alike. I don't, you know, have one office. It could be here. It could be in a different country. It could be in a different coffee shop or in a brand's office or, you know, there's no two days are the same. So let's go back to when you first realized that you wanted to be an illustrator and you wanted to combine your love of traveling and writing and Mm -hmm. also being an illustrator because you didn't really see a lot of that. I mean, there were illustrators, Mm -hmm. obviously, but not in a combination that you had. What made you realize that that was what you were meant to do, like your passion and your purpose? Mm -hmm. And how did you do that? Yeah, it's a really good question because I often, especially now that I'm so many years into this, like look back to that time and to remind myself like, why did I do this? (laughs) Because it's crazy. But at the time, 2008 was the big recession in the US. So it was kind of a good time to take a step back and read, like change focus in my career if I was going to go back to school because, yeah. you know, things were in a bit of a shift anyways. And um, and that was also around the time that blogs were starting to like come into inception, you know, like people were starting to go on their own offbeat journeys of, you know, creating their own roles and, and careers through social media. So by my second year, I'd always loved travel also. I mean, so that didn't come out of nowhere either. I think I was raised with this. I was born with a wanderlust and raised with this appreciation for like getting outside your comfort zone. But at the time when I wanted to start the blog, I was reading Garant Sture a lot, who is like, you know, one of one of the more well-known illustrators who has now turned into like a lifestyle brand, the sartorialist and you know other illustrators who had their illustration blogs. And I had just gone to Dubai that summer, um, was really inspired by being in this, this new city that was so far from anything that I knew and, and wanting to talk about the things I was seeing, not just illustrate them or photograph them. Like I wanted to be able to to have a conversation about all that I was experiencing. So when I got back from that trip that summer, this is just before September 2010, I started, you know, getting my notebook out and thinking like, okay, like I'm going to start a blog. Like, and I, you know, and what I really want to talk about and what I really want to do for the rest of my life is, is travel and illustrate from my journeys with this kind of fashion angle you know so it's it's always been this like overlap of the travel art fashion via illustration and it continues to like evolve and refine from there so when you decided that you wanted to do this and you wanted to pursue it what was the first step that you took in order to realize that goal and dream yeah so it took me it took me a minute to kind of come to terms with putting myself out there in that way because I think it's one thing to put your portfolio out there but when you when you launch a site where people can leave opinions in a, like a public forum type space it's nerve-wracking and and so you know I really I started to take notes about 
you know, refining, like, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Writing down words, the things that really stuck and resonate, and then sharing it with my family and sort of inner circle of friends and using them as a sounding board. Like, what do you think? Like, how does this sound? And, but ultimately it came down to like what felt right. And I, and the funny thing was, is around the time that I did launch Travel Right Draw, Eat, Pray, Love had just come out. And a lot of my friends were like, don't name it Travel Right Draw. Like, it just sounds too much like Eat, Pray, Love. And like now no one would even think about Eat, Pray, Love just because it's three words. It doesn't, you know, and that's not at all like I'm not Elizabeth Gilbert. So there I I got pushback too, but I think it really comes down to like you just got to go with your gut instinct and what you believe in and what makes you excited and and start small like I I set up the blog but I don't even think it was necessarily public for the first few weeks that I had it there and as an illustrator by nature I could like illustrate my my logo and the little icons and things I wanted to put on the early blog knowing what you know now and going through everything that you've gone through what has been the biggest misconception that people thought about you and your work that are just not right (laughs) yeah um I don't know. I, I clearly don't know everything that any everyone thinks about me. But I would say, you know, some feedback that I do get is like you make everything look so effortless. Like, you know, you just go from this place to that place and this project and that project. And like you're switching time zones, which, you know, I don't even know how I do it sometimes. Like and just and adjust and then burnout is real. I, yeah. So I think that the misconception is that like it's all just very effortless and comes so easily or that when people ask about the travels, like I get a lot of emails and people saying like, you know, who's funding this? Like, how are you living this lifestyle? And like, there is a lot of smoke and mirrors to social media. That's kind of like maybe one of the the downsides of social is that it can reflect something that's not totally true. I don't think it would serve me or my followers to necessarily like post an inundation of like bad moments on my feed you know like I think part of what people are drawn to is the optimism and the positivity and like that empowerment and you know keep going keep striving but I try to also be like keep it as real as possible because I don't want people to have these misconceptions about it being easy because it's it's absolutely not I'm split 16 different ways on any given day if not more you know and and to keep it all going and there are definite compromises that come with a life like that like I don't I absolutely do not have it all you know I think this idea of like oh you know you're living the life you're living the dream I'm like it's not a dream it this is very real this is a grind you know I'm obviously very grateful I've had a lot of amazing opportunities and you know perceived successes or accolades whatever but it was not without a massive hustle behind the scenes and and years like people only really came to know travel right draw in a in a much larger way in the last three years but as I said the blog started in 2010 so there was a good however many four years that like it was known in maybe the intimate illustration community but not on a large scale my dad has a saying that like it took him 30 years to be an overnight success because no one considers how many years suddenly it seems like it happened overnight but in reality it didn't we usually just see the the middle or the end of somebody's career but we never realized that between all of that is all of the hustle and the struggle and a lot of times we, we see it on paper and it looks really beautiful and perfect and then the the other side of it 
is a lot worse. <laughs> I think a, I, I watch a lot of these like artist biographies, like be it Lady Gaga or whatever, and just like the years that they were playing in these small venues in New York City or just to get people to be aware of what they're doing. And, and then even when they have critical mass success, how much pressure is on their shoulders that they're going to let down their, you know, their fan base if they go in a different direction with their music or it's never without pressure. There's always a struggle of some kind and it's, it's just learning to, to live with it and to compartmentalize it so that it doesn't take you over. When you start to become successful and there's a lot more responsibilities to that. And I think we also don't think about that. We just see, oh, this is what I'm going to get to do. But then uh, we also have to realize that there's more responsibilities. There's people that work for you. The clients are bigger, so it's much more harder to please them. In the beginning, when you start, you're just pleasing yourself, essentially, because you're doing what it is that you want to do in your dream. And then you start getting big clients, right? Mm -hmm. So when you first started and then to now even, have you ever felt that kind of imposter syndrome where, you oh, know? Yeah, I still do. <laughs> I'm like, is this really even real? Like, part of what I struggle with, to be totally honest, is because I've diversified what I do is feeling almost a bit like a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Like, I, I do believe in, in my artwork and my voice and what I'm contributing in this space, but when you start to enter a few different arenas, it's harder to become an absolute expert at one thing. I don't, you know, I don't work every single day at my art. I don't work every single day at my like writing for travel or my like editorial eye in fashion. I mean, that in some ways gives me a bit of a complex about feeling like, like not an absolute, I'm not the best artist that I can be. I mean, I think even when you're just an artist, I think a lot of the, that's an op, that's a f common feeling that people have is like, my work is not good enough. There was a long time, especially because my Instagram, like it was a featured account, a suggested account three years ago. So it was only, almost like a seemingly, like it just happened overnight. Like I went from 8,000 followers to over 100,000 followers in three weeks because I was like recommended on the platform. So I kind of felt like, a fraud in a way, you know, like I didn't organically grow a hundred thousand over the course of like three years. It was three weeks. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I went from being this like little niche illustrator and I had a very, very tight niche community to suddenly it's like blown out of the water. And the people who really were like diehard engaged maybe didn't feel as closely connected to me in the content anymore because it was like, oh, well, now she has 100,000 followers. We don't need to comment or like or yeah. we, we feel further from her. So talking about social media and Instagram, what has that played on your career? My blog started to feel over, overly curated. Like I wouldn't post anything unless it was a completely finished post with finished artwork like there was no sort of behind the scenes feeling type content anymore and so Instagram became the you know the alternative to that where I could come home at the end of working a long day and feeling tired and do like a five seven minute sketch and share it or or show like an in-between moment because back then I mean the the user base was so much smaller and it was sort of with the intention of like these instant you know of the moment things. It wasn't 
a backlog of like thousands of photos from previous trips or photo shoots that you know that, that like it is today and um so that's that was was what helped me transition really out of like full-time for a company to working for myself like Instagram helped me to then work quicker get this really engaged community I was located more directly by designers because if I drew their stuff I would be regrammed and all of a sudden I started getting like emails from different you know brands from across the world and different magazines because they were discovering my stuff on Instagram which was amazing I mean now it's such a saturated space that it's it's harder to get that kind of traction but it played a, a huge role in helping to assist me into transitioning to travel right draw full time you've been doing this for seven years I'm sure you've had a lot of setbacks and things that just didn't go as you thought it would Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that how do you deal with setbacks and how how do you go up from that yeah yeah it's 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 almost it makes me cringe to think seven years to be honest because like those four before the last three (laughs) were, were was just like a blitzkrieg of setbacks I started, you know, when I started the blog, I was still a student. So I was really sort of sharing the journey as like an illustration student in New York at FIT and, and built like a nice little community of illustrators where we commented on each other's blogs and stuff like that. And then when I had to transition from student to finding a sponsored job in New York so I could stay here, the blog took a back seat. I mean, my, my dream of being here and being an illustrator suddenly became like the last thing I could even think about because I just needed to make sure that someone could help keep me here and hire me to work. I had to become a very overnight graphic designer type hybrid with illustration and get really good with my computer skills because like that's what the market needed at the time. Yeah. And, and just dealing with those hurdles of, okay, so I've come here to be an illustrator, but I have to work full time for someone else in order to stay. But my whole reason for coming here was to get out of that life. And like, how am I going to make this happen? I can't even worry about my craft and perfecting my craft because I'm so consumed and just trying to stay. And, and then how do I transition out of that so that I can, then have my own company and, and, and live this life I've always dreamed of. So in terms of dealing with those setbacks, I mean, you just, you just have to, you have to write your list of like, here's step one through, don't write step one through 100, write step one through three, because that's manageable between now and the end of this week or next week. And then write your next step one through three, like don't inundate and overwhelm yourself before you've even started having faith, having a support system, making sure that you're still, even in the worst of times, something that happened to me was I was sponsored by a company and then the company basically, I I latched onto a sinking ship. So I almost like couldn't go home for Christmas because if I left the country, this happened like just before the holidays. And if I'd left the country, I wouldn't be able to get back in. When moments like that happen, you think like, this must be a sign, Meg, like just go home. Like this is just too difficult like I had stuff going on with my family all of it was like just it's time to pack it in was kind of the message that I felt like I was getting but then when I still kept putting myself out there and trying with new interviews and things like that and then ultimately getting the new job I was like okay you know what I'm gonna keep going and just see where this gets me you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take so why automatically pull yourself out of the game 
is kind of my attitude because if you keep trying, eventually something will stick. If you give up, you've already lost. If you gave up then, you wouldn't be here right now living your dream, doing all of these things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it would have been a real shame for you and for a lot of people who follow you, who find inspiration in what you do. And you don't realize the impact that you have. Some people are silent. You don't even know. (laughs) There's people that do speak out and talk to you, but there are people who are quiet about it and they don't say it, but you do make an impact in what that would have been like if you didn't continue with what you're doing. If you could give yourself an advice before you even started this what what would it be I guess looking back that just because something doesn't exist doesn't mean that it can't come to be you know what I mean like any trailblazer that you see out there was maybe the first of their kind you can't be scared to be a trailblazer don't think that because it's not out there already that like there's no place for it like you'll create that place for it and I'm, I'm still, you know, to this day, as I'm thinking about the future and the evolution of what I'm doing, I have to think like, well, just because that's not out there, there are no rules. No one's going to say no. Like, who's the person that who's authoritating life saying you can't do that? You can't make that choice. No, I, I don't believe in limits. If I had believed in limits, I wouldn't have gotten to this place. So I think just believing in yourself having faith in your journey, having faith in your dream, and also knowing that like a dream is a, is only a dream until you have a plan, it can't be real. Yeah. It's still just a dream. So like that's as fundamentally important as having the dream itself. Like it's great to have a vision, but you got to have a plan. So I guess my advice would be twofold to not be afraid to be a trailblazer and knowing that if it doesn't exist doesn't mean there's not a place for it and two to just always have a plan to marry with the dream to make it a reality there is an idea right there's always an idea and a and a dream but i think what most people lack and i've had this too is the plan to actually execute it to actually get that goal and that dream And I think that's why a lot of times we're very unhappy because we do have this dream. But the one thing that's always missing is the plan. (laughs) If you have that plan and that dream, like if you put them together, like you said, it'll come together. With regards to the plan, because I'm very much at that stage in my career now where it's about the next, it's like the next level and it's a new frontier. This is new territory. Like I built what I've built for the last three years of doing this full time and it's gotten me as far as it's gotten me and it's been great, but I've outgrown sort of that formula and how I've been operating and running my business. So it's like the next level and what does that look like? And you can't answer all your questions. So go to experts, even if it means paying someone to come in and help you resituate things or find a more efficient way to do it or reach out to people that are, you know, further along in their journey that could advise you if they're willing to get a mentor. I mean, there are people out there that can help you put your dream into reality. I like to get as many opinions as I can. And it's not about being like a procrastinator. It's just like, okay, now I can step forward with an informed decision because I've considered it from all sides. And I've I'm prepared for those that are struggling to put it into motion. Look for courses, look for mentors, look for career people who would be willing to answer some of your questions. I mean, even when someone 
wasn't willing to go to coffee with me, they would still answer an email that I sent. You know what I mean? So there's, you'll, you just got to put it out there and the answers will come from various sources, but they'll come together. Talking about mentors and people that you've asked questions, I'm sure you've done that a lot um, because that's how we learn. What has been the worst advice that you have ever gotten throughout this journey? I mean, I had a lot of people that just didn't believe in me. You know, when I was working full time, especially, I can remember the head of the design department just being like, well, illustration's just a hobby. And I was like, well, no, actually, because now I make twice what I did working, yeah, full time here. So it's definitely a bona fide career. And especially today, maybe then, like things have obviously changed a great deal as a result of like social media and having like a devoted following that really engages with what you do. But yeah, I think those sort of doubt, if you're going to be the illustrator, you're not going to be the traveler. They're going to send someone else to travel. And these preconceived ideas of what is actually possible. Like who says that I can't? Why? I'll get a lot of pushback even from my parents. God bless them. I mean, they're the best and they have ultimately always supported me. But because of what they're used to in their generation, they didn't always think the things that I'm doing now were totally possible. Eventually, it got to the point where my dad would just say, well, that's great to have those dreams, Meg, but like you make sure that like you can get paid and support yourself because I'm not funding this. So for all the, you know, outrageous aspirations that are not so outrageous anymore, but it's like, well, you want to travel the world? Okay, great. Find a way to do it because I'm not footing the bill. So So in a way, like it may not have been negative advice necessarily, but just like getting that kind of pushback puts you in a position where you can either like internalize that and then accept it and be like, okay, I'm not going to try then and like go back down into your comfort zone or you can challenge that. I think persistence in order to be in this industry and to work for yourself as an entrepreneur, like persistence is 1000% the key. Sometimes the talent is outweighed by just straight up persistence. That's really true. And then talking about the boundaries, right, that people talk about, it's because it's the boundaries that they placed on themselves and they don't know what you're capable of and what each of us individually are capable of. And the only boundaries that we end up getting is ourselves honestly you know my parents are the same way your parents and most of our parents are the same way it's because back then artists you couldn't really make money as you do now so now with all of the technology there's so much more available for you as an artist and actually right now if you're an artist that's a plus for you now they want you to be creative they want you to do all of these things yeah the the chosen career that you have now how did you finance your career before it even took off and how do you continue to to live right now (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know yeah i think that's a really important question because i often get asked about that transition like how do you how do you do it and and looking back because it's it's hard when you work full time especially in a city like New York or London and San Francisco where the cost of living is so high exorbitantly high and obviously taxes take a 
you know, big chunk of your paycheck and you're, and you're paid biweekly or whatever. I mean, it's, it's hard to get ahead. You're just sort of living check to check to like cover your rent and cover your food and your entertainment. And maybe like, you know, every now and then you're treating yourself to a holiday or like a new purchase or something. So when I was about to leave my job, I don't even know I'm thinking back on that time. I mean, at the, when I first left my job, I was still living in a three-person apartment in the West Village. So I wasn't living alone. So I those costs were divided. I, I, and I was definitely terrified how I was going to cover rent month to month. But I kind of got a little bit lucky with the timing right from the, right from the start because as soon as I left, I had work lined up. I think that's this is an important point to raise. I didn't cut the ties with my full-time position until I knew that there were things coming in lined up that it gave me the courage and confidence that like it's going to be okay. And I did have a line of credit, a, a family that was willing to step in to cover me. I'd have to pay it back, but if I needed to like get a, an extra hand just to cover a month or something like that, I could rely on other people but I think most people have this idea where it's like you go from security to nothing and I don't I wouldn't advise that I don't think it has to be an all or nothing transition I think you build a little on the side whatever is capable you you know if you're doing a commission on weekends like I worked a lot I never had free time I never really saw my friends towards like the end of working full-time and transitioning into this because my weekends were the time to do the illustration jobs while I was like working full time. Yeah. And so for me, the transition was a slower one. I didn't quit until I knew that I had things coming in. So then when I did start and then with, with social media working the way it does, where you do one project, which leads to another project. So they just all snowballed into, you know, where it is today. And I would say, even if you do start to make money, you don't have to be extravagant because you have to make sure you cover yourself for your low times. And if you need to take a step back because God forbid something ha happens with your health or your family or you just need like a mental break or whatever, like save it for a rainy day. Don't go blowing all your money just because things are great now because you don't know what the economy will look like tomorrow, particularly as a creative. So. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people have that misconception where you, you know what, I hate my job and I just left it. I'm sure there's a lot of things that you don't enjoy with what you're doing now, but because you love it so much, everything else trumps that. And then with the nine to five, sometimes you have to make sacrifices to get to where you are right now. And, you know, the nine to five is. And I'll add to this too. Like one of the hardest things that I had to let go of with the nine to five was that like I worked in a company where I loved, I genuinely loved the founder of the company, my coworkers. Like I had a family every day and I'm not from New York. My family is in Toronto. So I don't have that support system built in here. I have my friends, but they've got their stuff going on and they, you know, live with their partners or whatever. And like, I don't see them every day. So just adjusting from having that sort of built in sounding board and, and network of people who like you come in on a Monday and it's, how was your weekend? Let's go get a coffee. Let's catch up. Let's talk about this. Like you can share your stresses with them. It's like built in therapy every day. Whereas like, I work for myself. I spend a great deal of time alone. So yeah, there's there's pluses and minuses to both of them. And I I, I know I've heard a lot of people say how how hard it is to adjust to leaving kind of like that family network behind. Like that's not an easy adjustment. Yeah. 
it's now I'm like, I crave the silence because like, I'm just so used to it. It's how I stay like calm and centered. But, um, before it was just like, where is everybody? You know, like, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? Help. Like it's, it's not easy. It's actually harder when, when you're gone and on your own, right? Because now you have no set schedule unless it's a schedule you set for yourself. You don't have somebody telling you, you have a deadline or a reminder every time, nothing. So yeah, if once you want to branch out into this, you just have to make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, And you have to know yourself if it's the right fit for you. With everything that's been happening the last few years, there's so many things that has happened already to you because of all of the struggles and all of the amazing stuff that you've been doing. What has been the proudest moment so far for you? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't assign it to any one job because I there's there's just so many projects that I've loved and and you know take a lot of pride in having done them, but I I would say building this like little universe for myself, which like we mentioned earlier was not there was no cookie cutter job description for traveling fashion illustrator who like runs their own brand now, you know, that that didn't exist and 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 I built it it's like the expression, you know, build it and they will come kind of thing. Like I didn't know I could do this until I was actually doing it. And then I started attracting clients that quite literally were like making stories around travel, right? Draw like the CN, my first CN traveler opportunity was in Bermuda and Katie, the girl that hired me, she was, she was already like a fan of what I was doing on the platform on Instagram, but basically kind of like designed the story around this, you know, for me to go and illustrate my way through this destination and to like write sort of journal style entries to describe like meeting local artisans and tasting the local food and all the beautiful colors and things like that. And it was like, whoa, like I just put this out there. Like, you know, I didn't even, I, it took me a while to even take it seriously. Like travel, right? Draw. Like I'd almost cringe when I hear someone say my blog name, like, Oh, it's so embarrassing. And then, and now I'm just kind of like travel, right? Draw. Look it up. No, I, I mean that in like the, the least. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm just, I take a lot of pride in it to me. I, I am proud now to say like I founded travel, right? Draw. And so I think definitely the proudest moment is that I did it. I'm here. I'm, I'm traveling and illustrating and writing and contributing to my dream brands. Like that's happening. And it's, I know the next step and I, I, I've been thinking and dreaming of it since the start of this blog. And now as I'm getting closer to it, I'm like, holy smokes, I hope that I'll, I hope it will go well. And that I can look back on the next three years and think like, I did it like the next chapter, you know? It must seem so surreal to see that, yeah. to see your articles in these huge magazines, to see your work in like huge hotels and someone yeah. wants to buy them and actually own them, you know? Even now, like this, you know, I was working so, so much between January 2017 to, to the summer to the point that like my hair, I was losing my hair. Like that's been a, a really like terrible side effect of stress. Mm-hmm. And running your business is that it's like physically manifested into like just mass shedding. Um, So I knew that I kind of needed to take a little bit of a step back and and I I went into a um, 
a travel period of like August where I was gone for five weeks, like all over Asia. And that's kind of where the, the loss really started because I think it was the first time I'd slowed down in like six months or something, or I mean, really like two and a half years, but a very, very intense push in 2017. It just kind of like hit a new height. And then coming off of that and like stepping off the hamster wheel of, and this isn't to, to, to knock any of those opportunities because I'm so lucky I had any of them at all, but just that lifestyle of like, you can't even look up because you're just running. And, and your feet aren't on the ground. You're just flying. And so when I look back on it now, like it really does impact me when I think like, I, I actually did that. It did not sink in at all until, until now. I'm like, oh my, like what? Like that was me? Like how, that, how did that even happen? You know what I mean? Like now it's really starting to sink in. It's really good to have that moment where you can actually enjoy the fruits of your labor because a lot of times when you are in that moment and you're doing all of these things, you don't have that time to step back and because you're never going to have that back and just to take the time to enjoy the work that you're doing. I appreciate that and like respect yourself for it, you know, like that's part of modern culture that we really need to get a handle on I think it's a personal thing too like you have to personally acknowledge that when you look back on all the things that you've written down that you wanted to accomplish in your life the minute you get there you're like what's next and if you can make the transition from thinking about what's next from to like how you want to feel on a day-to-day suddenly that takes precedent because the the list of accolades and accomplishments and like, well, I want to see this country. And well, then you got back from that and I want to work with this client and I did that. So like whatever it is, like you cannot get on that cycle of thinking because it will always be what's next, what's next, what's next versus I take a lot of pride and savor the fact that like I wake up in my own home and, and in a space that I've created and designed that really reflects me as a person and like I feel empowered and inspired every day. I mean, some days I do really feel like garbage, but I would say for the most part, it's just take a step back and really appreciate those things. You obviously, from what I can see, <laughs> have found your real passion and your purpose and you're still working at it. Yeah. How do you know? How does a person know? And then how did you find out that this is what you were really meant to do? What do you define as passion, right? Because we hear that a lot. Find your purpose and your passion. But what does that really mean, especially for you? How did you know that you found that? Yeah, that's such an interesting question because I have friends who like really struggle with that. They're like, I just don't have that one thing. Like you're an artist and like, you know, that's what you love. But I love beauty and I love this and I love that. And I honestly, I mean, I've, this has been in me since the day I was born, the love of art, the connection I have with a paintbrush and paint. I mean, there, nothing can replace that experience for me. It is like, it is like breathing in terms of like other people finding their passion. I don't know that everyone has that one thing and that I don't even mean that that's not to be discouraging. I just think that it doesn't have to be one specific thing. Maybe it's a balance of things. I heard recently, I wasn't at this conference, but I heard recently through a friend who attended it where Rihanna, who I love, (laughs) was on a panel talk and she was asked to give like a good piece of advice. And what she said was, 
be relentless in the pursuit of who you are. And when you find it, be unapologetic. And I just love that. I think it's, I mean, bad gal Riri is badass like to the core. And I think that that, that's something that's really struck a chord with me right now. It's just like, you don't have to apologize for being who you are. I'm a good person. If I'm not going to be liked by everybody, whatever, like you, you go with the people who do and who am I? What do I stand for? And and I would suggest that for everybody, whether it's a passion, whether it's a calling, whether it's, I want to try this, I want to try that, I want to try 50,000 things. Embrace that. Yeah. Don't put the pressure that you have to find one thing. Just explore who you are and be, and be the most like open, well-rounded, evolved version of yourself like every day and continue to grow in that. Well, you're you're kind of living it, right? Because you didn't yeah. choose one thing. You chose travel, writing, and yeah. drawing. Yeah. So, and I I definitely believe in that. And I also believe that not everybody was meant to do just one thing in their life. Mm-hmm. And you live a certain amount of years in your life. And sometimes you're one thing in a few years and another thing you in a few. You yeah. do. And that's how you grow as a person. So now what are you working on today that's really exciting to you? To be honest, because it's still so much in like the works and things like that, I don't want to say too much about like what's coming next other than I'm just extremely excited about what's in the works and I'm I'm like planting the seeds and getting things in line. I'll say expansion, <laughs> uh, evolution, and yeah, one thing that like I wasn't able to maintain as a result of traveling so, so much and, and working so much as like a small, like as a one woman show with maybe a few people that advised me was that I couldn't, you know, make my work more available to more people. So like, I'd really like to be able to do that. It, it upsets me to think that like when someone writes, like, can I, I, I just want to buy, I want to go through your shop. I want to see this and that. Where am I supposed to refer these people? Like, even if I've done a collaboration with another brand and those products are then not accessible to buy to them, it's like, that's, that's a real miss. So, but it takes time to get those things in, in line. It was hard to, when you're first starting out and you want to just get out there and grow and make a living, you can't, necessarily focus on your print shop or whatever so as I'm I've gotten as far as I've gotten doing things the way that I've been doing them and now it's just about yeah expansion so stay tuned (laughs) that's gonna be really exciting I can't wait to see what happens there but before I ask you the last question I know one thing that you said you don't really get asked much and I'm gonna ask you this (laughs) is relationships Uh right you're a beautiful woman but you you travel a lot (laughs) right and you own a business so that must be really hard for you to keep right so how are you able to do that how are you able to (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know (laughs) no I would say that like you have to really make a concerted effort to to put yourself out there I mean it's (laughs) If I had all the answers to this, I think my life would be a lot simpler. For one, I think, you know, being a dynamic, like, multi-passionate individual, I'm attracted to that in other people. And, like, I'm always – I tend to go for the kind of guy who has got 
their own thing going on like business wise and is entrepreneurial as well and I kind of tend to look up to them in like this sort of mentor way like I, I like looking up to the person that I'm with I think that's that I can learn from you you know and look up to you and respect you I think respect is so important men and women are so different I think men when they're focused in something it's one thing right and then when they finally like leave the office then they're like hey babe how are you I'm just like where were you the last like 14 hours women tend to be different I think that we have the capability by nature to multitask like when when I'm even in the throes of like meetings businesses like business decisions calls contracts invoices creating artwork still top of mind for me is like why haven't I heard from him? You know what I mean? Like, what the hell is he doing? Where did he disappear to? And like, everything will be fine at the end of the day and we meet up and it's all great. But then like the in-between was just like, how did that? So listen, I haven't, I haven't been able to resolve this issue. (laughs) It's still a work in progress. But like, I ultimately believe that I have to at least that like, you know, when, when it's right, it's right. And it could be the right person, wrong time. It could be the right time, wrong person. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like I've gotten pickier as I've gotten older because I know myself so well and there's a lot less that I'll put up with. Like I don't put up with bad behavior. I don't put up with being belittled or treated disrespectfully or like a second afterthought or like my career is as important. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's just going to, take time to find the right you know fit with that so I guess no tinder for you right (laughs) but but that's true it's just like the way you handle your business and you're so careful with it and you you just love it so much that's how a relationship should be as well you know you shouldn't be settling for for something that you're not completely passionate about like I had this conversation with someone not that long ago and I was like, if I've made the choice to be here with you, like to drop my paints mm-hmm. and like, that's a huge deal. Cause I've cut in this time of my, of my passion of like my baby, you know, to, to like, you know, make room for you. So it better be worth it. If I'm like taking this time away and like, I have no issue with doing that and making room for, for somebody. It's just, you better be doing the same. You better be meeting me in the middle because this isn't a one-way street. We we can have a whole other lot of conversations. <laughs> so if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? So obviously Instagram, I'm on that daily at Travel Right Draw. And uh, I'm on my Insta stories too. Like I'm very active in there and I, and I definitely like write back to people's direct messages and things. I don't blog as often, but the blog obviously Travel Right Draw. And then my website, MegaMorrison.com, which is like my portfolio site. Hit me up. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Thank Megan, you. for having me in this lovely, lovely home. Hey, I'm welcome. really appreciative of this because this is gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Megan. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get access to an extended interview with Megan where she gives us her tips and tricks on how to become a successful illustrator. Love a good audiobook as much as I do? Of course you do. Well, 
you're in luck because I have teamed up with audible.com to give you a 30-day trial for free. Make sure to visit offbeatbook.com. Again, that's offbeatbook.com to get that incredible trial 